fourth official soccer podcast. Um, this is your host, Boreal Demi, and I'm joined by my favorite co-host, Sulaiman Lassisi. How's it going, man? Going very good. It's a nice time to be starting the show, and I'm so excited for the wonderful things we're about to achieve with this show. We're going to be talking about soccer all over the world, just sharing news and reports, highlighting interesting events in the world of soccer, and gaining insights from other people's experiences, as we will be inviting people on the show to give their perspectives on soccer events and decisions yeah awesome awesome yeah we really love uh soccer we uh quick to give you a quick background Suleiman and i work as uh software developers um and we often talk about soccer at work um during the breaks of course we don't do that <laughs> during work time of course not <laughs> um and we realize you know what you know we might as well just make this a show and um and talk about because we really just argue basically like <laughs> when we talk about soccer and just because we have so many differences and and points of view so we figured we might as well just uh, share all our thoughts with you um listeners at home okay uh with that said should we just start with our uh, first topic sure yeah so uh this week uh, or last weekend uh we're currently recording on the 17th of june um, the Copa America st- started, and I would say I've been disappointed with the particular team. Um, yeah, but I, I let's I guess let's start from the the first game, Brazil Bolivia. Um, I I think we've talked about this before. I said you know I think Brazil would be better off this Copa America without Neymar, and it's it happened. You know Neymar is not playing; he's he's injured. Um, and Brazil, even though in the first half of the game they didn't look too good, the second half they came all out and, and killed it. What do you think about the game? Well, I think they had a better second half. But I want to point out Everton. Okay. What a way, what a way to <laughs> oh, announce no. yourself, oh, yourself no. on the big stage. All right, yeah. He yeah. had a very beautiful goal. And I, I, I've heard rumors of him being linked to Manchester United. I think he has to do more than just score a wonder goal against Bolivia. Yeah. But... That's the beginning of great things, and I expect a lot from him in the tournament. Yeah, so I will give my two cents. First of all, he was actually heavily linked with AC Milan because Leonardo, when he was our sporting director, um, he's Brazilian also. So he wanted to bring him, and eventually Ivan Gazidis, who's our CEO, blocked the whole thing. Okay. Um, so I wonder what he's feeling right now. But here's, here's the thing about Everton. Okay, To be honest, I've never watched him outside of... I've only seen his clips, and I've not watched him outside of Brazil, like him playing for Brazil this last game. Now, there's some players that come from Brazil that end up flopping. Sure, uh, and, a lot you know, of them. Yeah, so so that that is the thing about Everton. Like, I, I understand the hype behind him right now, but I'm just worried that it's too much hype. And I saw flashes of goodness with him, but then I also saw flashes of like. Okay, maybe he was nervous, so I don't know what's okay, going on. Okay, so so from what I saw, I saw a hard-working soccer player, not a lot of flair. He had some, but I'll put him in the same bucket as Richarlison. He has okay. flair, but he's not your Neymar. He's not your Robinho. He works hard, yeah, and yeah. he has a physical presence to go with that hard work. Okay. So that that's the bucket out. What What in. do you define as hard uh, working hard? I mean, people. Player, other players work hard, you know? Neymar doesn't work hard. Well, okay. Robinho doesn't work hard. <laughs> you know, so there are players who, they bring a flair to the team. And yeah. they don't really need to work hard. Other people have to do the work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I see in Neymar and Robinho. But, I mean, Richarlison, Fernandinho, those are players who, like, 
well, I wouldn't say Richarlison is known for his work ethic, but Fernandinho is known for his work ethic. So, yeah, yeah. so that's flair plus hard work. Yeah. No, sounds good. I mean, hey, I, I'm not saying he's not good. I, I think, again, from where I see, like, I think he's definitely above average. I just would like to, like, I wonder how he's going to fit into the outside of Brazil. Because he's only playing in Brazil right now. Yes. Um, I wonder how he's going to fit in, in Europe. So, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, um, AC Milan can get him. But I, I doubt it now because uh, because of financial fair play and because his stock is probably going to rise after that goal. He's yeah. probably going to be one thing, more. One thing I would say, though, is, I mean, if we're competing against Manchester United, oh, yeah. I mean, it's still the same thing. Really, we, we're both not playing in the Champions League. So yes, yes. there is nothing that to is worry true. about in that perspective. But we'll see other suitors that would come on the scene. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's money money talks now. I think that's... True, true. I, don't, I don't think he would care about playing the Champions League as of now. As, okay. as the first first stint in I Europe. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Okay, so let's go down the list. Tell oh. me about the Argentina colony don't, again. Don't start with me. That, like, okay. All right. For listeners at home, I'm the biggest fan of Messi. Um, I don't like Barcelona as a... Like, they're not my favorite club, but um, I, I love Messi, and I was just disappointed, utterly disappointed with the game against uh, Colombia. Granted, Colombia played very well, and they are they have stars on the team. You know, they have Cuadrado, they have Duvanzo Zapata, which we'll, I'll talk to talk about him later. Okay. Um, they have Falcao, they have uh, Mina, they have all you know all the good players. Um, but I still felt like Argentina could have still giving that game to them and I think just something was missing. I really can't tell what was missing. I think I think it's a mental thing at this point because there's no way Argentina have like I mean granted they don't they didn't play too many quote unquote stars or known players. Um but there's no way that team is not good. Especially in South there's no way they're not good. And I think it's a mental thing at this point. I think their mentality is not with this game. There's something wrong somewhere. Yeah, so what I would say after watching that game was basically it was a grown man's game. Like, you had to be physical. It wouldn't be enough for you to just come and play and have some flair. I mean, you saw the Colombians. They were going 120% on every tackle. Yeah. Argentina had their chances. Yeah. But Colombia were present and physical and hardworking enough to frustrate the Argentines. Yeah, but and I think that took a toll because those goals came in the latter part of the second half. Yeah. And it just it I think they 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 ground the game to a point where the Argentines got tired and couldn't give as much as they were given at the beginning of the game towards the end. Yeah. But Argentina also had a lot of missed chances. I, they did. I, I think they, did. they felt like they came as the as the team that cannot win, the team the laughing stock. And and, and I think maybe this stems from Messi, but this is the way I see it because I think it's like when you go to work and maybe you hit your team and you just go to work and you're like, oh, and you see your teammates, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be here kind of thing. I That's us. I feel like Messi is like that. And I feel like, again, I don't know. This is just my speculation. I th- I think it's a it's a mentality thing. I, I, I think it's part. I'm not saying uh, Colombia didn't bring their game. They brought their A game. Like you said, Groman's game. They brought, they brought the physicality. But I also think there's something missing from the Argentina game game and i think it has to do with the media bashing them just spotlight like everyone is just mentally maybe tired i, I don't know what it is i mean i get I, I can't even give them an excuse for being mentally tired because everyone played in leagues all over the year yeah. so i can't give them an excuse and i still can't excuse the fact that the media is always going to talk and messi is one of the world's greatest yeah, yeah, players it's, it's, so that's yeah. always going to be the case i just think i mean 
this is what well, it's a setback. It's not the end of the tournament. Yeah, they can, yeah, yeah, they can come course. around and play Colombia again and win and against Colombia. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is just a wake up call. If they really have anything to prove in this tournament, yeah, they should go out there in the next game yeah. and show the fans <clears throat> that they have something. Yeah, yeah, but I think they can do it. Um, but let's talk about Colombia real quick. Um, Colombia started Falcao. How old is he? What, 36, 34, maybe I'm making that up, but he's very old. He's old, yes. Um, and there was somebody on the bench that scored as many goals as Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, if not one less in okay. the league playing with At- Atalanta, okay. Van Zapata. Why in the world did they bench Van Zapata? Like, you can see, like, was it what, like his second touch that he scored, that he used to score? Yeah. Like, that guy was so hot last season. Or, well, this season that just passed. Like, why would you bench Zapata for Falcao? I mean, I would. I, I don't know why. I can't. I can't speak for the coach, but I know Falcao has proven himself severally with the national team setup. Yeah. And this, if you look back, this is more or less the same group that was in the 2014 World Cup. So they've they've come a long way. I just feel like maybe he fits in better. Yeah. Than Duven Zapata, but I mean Duven yeah. Zapata got his chance. Yeah, yeah, and it's opportunities like that when you get it and you grab it. Yeah. In the next game, the the coach is gonna have to make some changes. Yeah, yeah. And make a decision that's gonna reflect your performance from the previous game. So he didn't do himself any harm by yeah, scoring yeah. that goal. So of course, I expect him to play more minutes in the next game. Yeah, I I, I mean, hey, I'm no I'm no coach, but I, I would pick whoever is hotter because I mean Falca was. Not that great last season. With so, Morocco. would you say the same about him playing James Rodriguez as well? Well, so, like, who are you going to replace with James Rodriguez? That's I, the, yeah. I don't know exactly who's going to set the, up. The but... problem, so here, here's my thing. Who was harder last season? Falcao or Devan Zapata? So, Zapata, Zapata was, was harder, hard. but I could, I could, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a Colombian somewhere who's harder than James probably, Rodriguez. Probably. I was actually having this conversation with a Colombian friend, and what he had said to me was, Rodriguez plays better when mm-hmm. he puts on the Colombian jersey yeah. compared to when he ever plays for, for any other club. So yeah. that's true. That could be, you know, like Messi plays better for Barcelona. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it, it goes both ways. But yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to a more controversial uh, World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Um, we're not going to talk about the whole ordeal of what's going on right now, but we're going to talk about one specific incident, USA versus Thailand. Um, oh, the, the 13-0 trashing. trashing. Okay. And, and then the media pounced on them for celebrating when it was the 10th goal or the 11th goal. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Do you think they should have been celebrating? Do you think they should have just like, oh, just, you know, give each other high fives and just go back? And- I mean, it's professional soccer, right? There's no messy rule in professional soccer. You go out there and play and you get as many goals as you can. I mean, it's, my opinion is it would be disrespectful if you go out there, play, and don't play to your full potential in a way that you're trying to massage the ego of your opponents. Just go out there and play. Score as many goals as you can yeah. and enjoy the moment. Yeah, but but the way they were celebrating, though. They were celebrating as if like they, they just won the, the World Cup. I mean, I personally... Well, at, at the 10th goal, when obviously they I mean, the so team. they came into this tournament... Keep in mind, they're the oldest team in the tournament. So they came into this tournament with people saying they're not the women's team of previous tournaments. So they still have something to prove. And I, I personally don't see, don't see anything wrong with the celebrations. Yeah. The, uh, listeners, listeners at home, this is one thing I like about this, about having a podcast with Sulaiman because he's always having a different opinion no matter what. And it's genuine. We're not playing this. It's, it's crazy how, how, how much we differ with opinions. But um, 
But yeah, I, I good good for them, I guess. We'll see what happens. What's your the, opinion? I, I I think I already said like I don't think they should they should celebrating be celebrating. I, I think it's one of those things where you just, you know, after the tenth goal, you just, you know, take it easy. I mean, I'm not saying lay off the goals. I mean keep you in can mind score as keep in as mind well. the players of Thailand. Yeah. They're they play professionally as well, so it's sure. not like you're playing a college team well, or a high school team. Yeah, yeah but so. but but there was, I yes, I I get that point. I just think like after a certain number of goals, you just need to just not celebrate like crazy. Still should, score? Should they not score? Oh, they should, oh score. they should definitely score. If they can score twenty zero, I mean, that's fine. If you can score, you can celebrate. They come in. Well, yeah, hand. but like it's like one of the I don't know. It's like when you beat somebody down, like you know, like in boxing, you beat somebody down to the ground. They're bleeding on the floor. They can't stand up, and you're like. Well, I guess I they're celebrating I that point. I don't know. Whatever. I just think I, morality is what I'm thinking here. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a professional game. I understand that. But like, at some point, you you know, you gotta, you know, not because you you know what's gonna happen. USA if USA loses one single game or they don't win this whole thing, they they're gonna pounce on that. But it's that's part of the game. The USA will get pounced on when they lose, whether or not they are celebrated against. Well, Thailand. now it's gonna be the world is watching. Now the world is watching, and I feel like everybody's going to be against. The maybe USA. maybe that will give them enough motivation to go out there and play their best every game. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, no, yeah, it was a good game nonetheless. Um, it was high, one of the high scoring. I, I don't think as have as ever I think, happened. I think they might. I think they might have been one, not in the World Cup. Okay, but okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, well, so we want to talk real quick about the Under Twenties World Cup. Um, we are fans of of the game, so we love we love. You know, we love soccer or football, uh, based on where you're from. Um, so the under twenty World Cup, Ukraine finally won. I'm really happy they won. Um, I, that was the team I was actually like. Once Nigeria was out, I was like, you know what, just give it to Ukraine, just because they're not like Ukraine doesn't win in the enough. in the spot. The, they, they don't, don't win, win enough. enough. So, um, so it was good you, to see them win. I mean, South Korea doesn't win enough. Either. That is also true. That is also true. Um, but they get into a lot of uh, semifinals and finals. Okay. Uh, well, not finals, but semifinals and quarterfinals. In the didn't they get into the who got into the? There was an Asian team that got into the. I mean, it semifinals in, in two thousand and two. They were hosting though. Well, I think they got into the. Korea Japan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got into the semi, they, the the semifinals, quarterfinals game. They might have won the quarter. The, sorry, the third place game. I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, it's a long time. We can always Google. These yeah, games. yeah. <laughs> we have to remember. So, but but I wanted to talk about something that yeah with U twenties and U seventeens, based on the plays you saw in the yeah. tournament. Who would you predict has a really bright future? Yeah. Based on what you said. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Actually, I can't remember his name right now. Um, he's the number seven for Ukraine. Okay. Um, he is His name is complicated, so it's like Chai something. Um, okay. But but basically, I saw the way he played. And he first of all, he's a very hard worker, like you mentioned. He's a very hard worker. He looks like he has skill skill to you know hold the ball hand the ball dribble around and all that stuff um i i really like this game and i think and i hope uh, a team like milan will pick him up and and or maybe a, a better team that has a better coach that would train him because i think he has potential to be a very good winger he played as a right right mid right winger for ukraine and he killed it the goal he scored was in the final was phenomenal like i i just yeah i was that bound was, down that to was him. amazing run. yeah yeah yes. I, and i've seen him before that like during the group stage i saw him yeah. him make some crazy moves so I, I could tell that this guy is really good so hopefully a big team picks him up or or maybe a small team picks him up and and he you know plays and, and gets gets more experience i think he can do very well yeah, yeah. what yeah. i find interesting in those situations are 
you might be watching the next Messi. Because I personally, I mean, I watched Messi in the U20 in 2005, and they played against Nigeria in the finals. They beat us, and I didn't know it was going to go on to be that great. And it's just interesting how you catch a glimpse of players when they're really young. You yeah. can tell the talent is there. Yeah. And, I mean, it, 13 years on, Messi is still like yeah, yeah. the top of the crop yes. when it comes to soccer. I remember players. watching Messi in that uh, tournament. Yes. Um, and, I mean, he won the golden boot or golden, oh, golden ball. ball. Yes. And, um, I mean, he was he was phenomenal. He, he, he tore us apart. I mean, I think yeah. if not for him, we'll have won the whole, whole thing. Or two penalty kicks yeah. that he scored. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. It's interesting just to speculate on the features of these players. And one thing I wanted to bring up is the relative age effect, which is you see players who are players. It's a U20 tournament. Yeah. Players who are like 20, cl- very close to 20. They play a lot better than some of the players on the squad who are like 17, 18. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the trajectory falls off as they age. Like once yeah. they get to like 25, they don't. They're not as good as those younger players. Yeah. So that's also something to watch out for. Is you see a good player in this tournament, it might not translate to the professional. Adult yeah, that players. that is true. That is true, and, and that's why I'm saying. Um, like uh, by the way, the guy, uh, the player's name is Sitaish Vili. Okay. Um, I think he. I think he just needs a good coach that will that will help him out with the playing in the top tier. Um, but I definitely think he has the flashes of of being a top tier footballer. That's so, but he just needs a good coach. I, I think it's all about being good coach and having a good coach too. You know, having a good coach goes a long way. Coaching is everything. Yeah, yeah. coaching is everything. Um, I mean, you can ask Raheem Sterling that. Okay, yeah, Raheem, yeah, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I, I used to think he was he didn't he was not a good player, but he definitely proved me proved me wrong when in City. So good. All right, we're gonna talk about something very very interesting. Um, there has been new changes. Uh. Or new rule changes, and I think this doesn't also this doesn't just affect EPL. I think FIFA has also also made this change. Oh, actually, okay. I I saw this during the what game did I see this in? I think it was during the Copa America. I saw this this change, some of these changes. But basically, we're talking about we're going to be talking about uh, some of the rules, the, the updated rules, um, regarding handball, free kicks, and substitutions. Um, the I the handball, you know, it's a very controversy. Controversial uh, uh, topic um, because obviously in the in the in the World Cup and uh, the, the Champions, Champions League final, final um, Sissoko had that you know crazy handball um, and we had this argument where we're like is that really a handball or not um, but I think um, FIFA and, and you know UEFA have come around to kind of define a new rule to say you know what like the rule says thus basically the rule is. Um, First of all, there's one rule that says like if goal scored or created with the use of a handball, it will not stand. So if, if you know if there's a play and if during the play there was a handball, um, I don't know if that means if the opponent, like I think it, I think it's the the offense, yeah, the the offensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the offensive team commits a handball, um, I I guess they will go back to five. They you know if somebody claims that there was a handball and they will cancel that goal. Um, did you think do you think that's a fair fair rule? I mean, it's a fair. It makes sense. I just wonder if they will go back and retroactively review the hand of God. Uh, then the hand of God. <laughs> oh, that's the on, only thing man. I can. I mean, that's this is basically striking out the hand of God. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I know they can't take that back. But yeah, yeah. It's it's a welcome 
introduction to the yeah. game. Yes. Yeah. It, this just creates, you know, again, Val will probably be involved with this because Definitely. if the ref doesn't catch it, then Val will ca- probably catch it and then they bring it back. Um, the one that's very interesting, uh, the second rule that's very interesting is handball will be given anytime a player's hand is extended beyond a natural silhouette. Now, I, again, I have always agreed with this. And this yeah. is, I mean, I, I call it the natural body position. Is yeah. If this this is actually interesting because the the FIFA rule book that I studied during the Champions League final, sure. somebody pulled it out. Yeah. They actually said there that it had no mention of the natural silhouette or natural body position. All it said was intention matters. Okay. So to come back a couple of weeks later and see how the rules been revised, yeah. just it's a welcome introduction to the game. Now here is my thing with that. Okay, I I understand what you're saying, and they've brought out this rule called quote unquote natural silhouette. I don't know what that means. Well, I know what that means, but okay. what does that actually mean? Now, now I'll go back to what I said earlier uh, last time we okay. talked about this. Um, there was a game in in Syria last season. I just can't remember for the life of me. Um, there was a game where somebody was sliding to try and block a cross, a low cross. Then I think to support himself falling to the ground, his hand touched the ground and he was, you know, basically he, he put his hand on the ground and he fell. But his hand was first. Now, when the cross was coming through, it completely missed his body and just touched his hand and blocked the whole thing. And they didn't give that as a penalty. Okay. okay. Now, is that a natural silhouette or is that not a natural silhouette? Oh, where where do we draw the line? So uh, it's it's it now it comes back to the interpretation of the rule, and that I would say has never been consistent. Will never be consistent. It would vary from referee to referee. Mm-hmm. We can keep normalizing and keep granularizing all these things, yeah. but it will vary from referee to referee. Yeah, but don't you think they should just say, just call it where it is, okay? Call it where it is. I mean, so, if your I mean, hands, if your hands are not beside you, like, like literally, there's no gap between your hand and your body, and it touches your hand. I agree that should not be a penalty. Now, correct. if your hand moves an inch away from your body and it touches your hand, penalty. Just call, just call it where it is. Just call that, it where that it is. That would be really hard to tell because I, I mean, the body positions, the arm positions for people are different. Some people. Actually, yeah, but, naturally. but that's what I'm saying. But you see defenders putting their hands behind their back now. When somebody's about to cross the ball, they put their hands... Well, maybe that's what we need to start doing. That's what defenders need to do. Because I, here's why I'm saying this. Okay. okay, It seems unfair if some people get the call and some people don't get the call. In the case of Sissoko, um, while I'm not saying that it should not be, it should be, it should not be a penalty, if there was a clear thing that says, if your hand is away from your body and it and the ball, no matter what you're doing, if you're trying to point, you're trying to save yourself, you're trying to fall, you know, whatever. If your hand touches the ball, or if the ball touches your hand, it's a penalty no matter what. No matter what. Now, now they've come with this rule and they call, they're talking about a natural silhouette. Now, what is the natural silhouette? I mean, is natural a silhouette? natural silhouette is just a natural silhouette. You're yeah. just standing and everything's just in position. That's a natural silhouette. Now, if you're raising your arm or you're stretching your so, arm out, so if you fall, if you fall, if you fall, and before you fall, you put your hand on the ground to kind of you know shock the fall, so you don't you don't fall with your body. Is that I, a natural cons- silhouette? That's not a natural silhouette. But again, it goes back to the interpretation, and I will consider that not to be a penalty kick because you are trying to save yourself from getting hurt while falling. Well, so yeah, okay, I understand that. But then don't slide in the beginning. Why, why do you, why did you have to slide? 
I mean, you're trying to, it's a risk. It's a risk. It's like just how you, you know, if somebody tries to t- tackle you in the in the 18 yeah. and they miss the ball and they get your leg, it's a risk you took. Yes, I Simple. mean. Simple. I think my point is call a spade what the spade is. If it touches your hand, it touches your hand. Simple. It's going to be Let's, hard let, to Let it be that. clear. Let, let it be clear. You can't, you cannot, if you're in your natural silhouette and the ball touches your hand, you shouldn't get called for a penalty kick. But if you am outstretched, far reaching, directing traffic, all kinds of interpretations, yeah. that should be a penalty kick. And that's where I see this to be something that this is a welcome development. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about this in the future. Definitely. Uh, but I, I, have, I, have, I have a lot of tapes playing back in my head about penalty kicks that were called. And I was just like, that's just harsh. Yeah. So we can we can we cannot come to a consensus on this. All right, cool. All right, well the next rule we want to talk about is about free kicks. Um, so basically, um, I, there was a game in the EPL last season where the the attacking players. So there was a free kick, and the person that was about to play free kick. So obviously, there's a wall. Yeah. The attacking players push the wall to the side so that the person taking the free kick can have space to shoot to the goal and end up being a goal. Um, so basically. Um, the rule says that attacking attacking team can no longer have players in the wall if defending team has three or more players in the wall. So that means if there are three or more players in the wall, no attacking players can be there to kind of move them around or join the wall. You know how people join the wall? Yeah. I, I think that's a very interesting rule. Um, I, I definitely think there shouldn't be any push. Uh, but I think players should be allowed to join the wall. So yeah. what I, what I, my opinion of this is... You can join, well, this is the rule, but my opinion has always been an attacking player can join the wall, but an attacking player should not be between players of the defending team yes, in the wall. correct. They should be on the edges. Correct. That has always been my opinion. Yeah. But what I want to point out here is what happens, because I've seen scenarios where the attacking player actually goes to the back of the wall. So technically, he's not in the wall. Yeah. Some gonna... would even lie on the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. in the back of the wall. <laughs> you know? too, yeah. So how does that apply here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm curious. That's a very, yeah, that's a curious. I, I think, I mean, obviously, like, we don't know if they're going to revise this rule, but, like, this is the final rule. I, yes. I, I don't know how they, what the process is in changing the rules, but this is the final rule. So we'll see how it plays out next, next season. And my favorite rule is about substitutions, okay? So players who are being replaced must leave the pitch by the nearest point on the touchline. Okay, now this happened in the. I think it's the. Um, what what do you know what country this player plays for? Um, Peru, Peru, Venezuela. Game. Okay. Yeah, it happened uh, Peru Venezuela game where somebody was being stopped off and and he got off the game on the sideline. I love that because you see players like William, like last season there was a game he played. It took him. Literally forty minutes to get off the field. Forty seconds. For, I'm sorry, forty seconds to get off the field. Okay. Like that. To me, that I hate that. I hate when players do that. First of all, they kill the pace of the game because the you know people are trying to. They kill the pace of the game, and I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to waste, waste time, time, which which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But 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 it it kills the game in my opinion, and it's unfair to the other team. I, even though sometimes they add the minutes to the end. But like momentum, if the momentum is killed like that, then it, you know, sort of. So here's my my concern is so what I usually pay attention to is when a player is leaving, referees usually want you to wait for that player that's been subbed off to step off the pitch before you can get on the pitch. Yeah. So now I'm gonna I'm just curious to see how that plays out. 
are they gonna be particular about oh he hasn't stepped on before you step on yeah that's the only thing i'm concerned about this is a welcome development because yeah. the art of time wasting has been taken to unprecedented levels yep. in yep. soccer it so has. this is a welcome development as well yeah yeah i i think i think the the rule will probably still apply uh i think the the ref will wait for him to step off the, the line before they okay. you know before they can step on but anyways these are just some of the rules, um, and and uh, we're, I'm excited to see them implemented. I'm excited too, to see too. VAR and APL um, yeah. finally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. All right, so we our next topic is about the Gold Cup. Um, is anyone watching the Gold Cup? <laughs> is the Gold Cup what anything? Is it worth uh, watching? Yeah. Well, it always ends up being the USA Mexico, doesn't it? It it. Uh, very frequently, that's what happens. But there's even a case being made that there's no point playing the Gold Cup. Like, winning the Gold Cup doesn't matter. Really? Is what the yeah. point is being said. It used to matter in the past, yeah. but now it doesn't It doesn't sound like it yeah. amounts to yeah. anything valuable. Do you, do you think, do you know why that is? Is it because of viewers? Like, people are not watching or just... First, the quality. Oh, yeah, The quality yes, of the current yes, crop yes, of... Yes, yeah crop of players for both the U.S. and Mexico yeah. is not as good. So it's you might as well be playing friendlies yeah, instead yeah, of playing yeah. this tournament. Exactly. That's, that's the first point. And also, that's the quality. Even within the quality, these teams are not even... Seven of Mexico's best players are not even in this tournament. Oh, wow. They're not in this setup. Okay. So, so it just... It, it, for teams like the U.S. and Mexico, yeah. it doesn't mean a lot. The, they would be better off playing in Copa America. Got it. Which is actually interesting because yeah. Qatar... In yes, Japan, Qatar and Japan, Japan play, play, yeah, America. Yeah, so yeah. they could be filling those spots. But yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's a very good idea. But I think they should be filling those spots. Yeah. Instead, instead in the of past, they played in Copa America. In okay. The past, so I was surprised that they yeah. weren't this time. Yeah, take the top two from the uh, North American uh, yeah. or the Gold Cup, and and then have them play. I, I think that's a good That'd good point. Awesome. All right. So we want to talk about some transfers. You know, this summertime, there's always transfer and transfers and and rumor. Mills, um, first of all, we want to talk about confirmed transfer. Um, well, not uh, genuine transfer, but like a co-transfer. Sari to Juventus. Yes. Um, first thoughts of Sari going to Juve. So, I think it's good for him. He's an Italian. I don't think he was ever comfortable in England. I mean, Conte came to England, and we've seen other Ranieri and other coaches in England. I felt like they wanted to be a part of the Premier League, they wanted to adapt and be a part of it. But Sarri just casted an isolated figure. He really didn't want to be a part of the Premier League culture. So I think it's good for him on a personal yeah. level. I I don't see... I think he will succeed in Juventus. I just see there will be conflicting philosophies when it comes to him coaching Ronaldo and just getting the dress room together game after game after game, I think it struggles with managing egos and this is going to be the litmus test of his career. It's almost as if you read my mind because I was just going to say that. Like, like I can't, like, I think he will do well. I don't know. But I still, I, I've never seen Sari coach an elite team, so to say. Um, and I'm, I, I'm very curious to see how that's going to happen. Like, especially coaching Ronaldo, like, how is that going to happen? Like, you know, is he gonna? Is is Ronaldo gonna listen to him? Um, so I I really I really am uh, excited to see um, Sarri and Juve. Obviously, I don't want Juve Juventus to do well as in, as Milanistas. You know, we have to make sure that Milan does well. <laughs> so we'll see. It we'll will see be interesting happens. to see. Yeah. Yes, we can talk more about it next time. Um, and uh, Lampard to Chelsea. Uh, 
I don't think it's a good idea. I want you. To, I want to hear your opinion on this. Yes, I I think Milan ex- has experimented with coach uh, past players as coaches and did not work out well. And I think La- I think Chelsea is making the same. They're gonna, they're making this mistake, the same mistake that Milan made. And I think it's a very bad idea. There are other coaches that could have gotten Allegri, Mourinho. Uh, you know, I mean. So though- I, I don't I don't think hiring Mourinho a third time makes any sense. So I would I would cancel out Mourinho. I think Allegri had made it clear that he wanted to take a sabbatical from coaching. So I would I would take him out of the list. And once you take those two out, I mean I've heard Nuno Espirito Gomez been mentioned. I oh I've heard Rafa Benitez. I mean Rafa Benitez had already been at Chelsea, yeah. and I I I wouldn't say he had a very successful stint at Chelsea. So I would I wouldn't really expect him to go back there. Javi Garcia might actually be a good fit because I, I think he did very he has done very well with Watford. Yeah. He yeah. might be a good fit. So but but for Lampard, I mean there's always gonna be that sentimental yeah. attachment. Being your, your I mean a hero for the club. I think he's the highest goal scorer yeah, in Chelsea yeah, yeah, history. Yeah. So there is that sentimental attachment. Is he gonna succeed? The jury is gonna be out on that one because I, I I don't know. I wish him well yeah. though. Hey Gattuso came and he did very well. I, th- I thought, but towards the end, he did woeful, and it was basically Milan fans just cussing him out and just being angry at him. That's not a good sign. That's why I think a coach should get more experience first before they go to big clubs. But hey, who knows? He could turn out to be like a Zinedine Zidane uh, and, and Pep Guardiola and be successful. So Yeah, so the, the thing, though, is with Gattuso is even his playing days, he had everything. He had grit. He had stamina. He could play for days. But Gattuso didn't have class. And Gattuso is not a good man manager. And he kept coming up with Bakayoko. They kept getting into these arguments yeah. and heated debates. And I just never thought of Gattuso as a long-term solution to Milan's coaching problems. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think we've covered uh, a lot of the topics we want to cover. I, yes. I, I mean, I think we'll have many, we have many topics and many links to, to you know, many transfer rumors that we can talk about in the future. Um, but yeah, um, thanks everyone for listening to the fourth soc- fourth official soccer podcast. I need to get used to that. Um, it's and, a mouthful. Yeah. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're you know, finally on Twitter. Uh, can you tell them where to go? Sure. We're at, at fourth official SP. So I'll just spell it out to make it easier. The letter, the symbol at number four t-h-o-f-f-i-c-i-a-l-s-p yeah so we'll be happy to engage you and exchange soccer thoughts yeah and if you have any questions for us please feel free to tweet at us and and give suggestions uh again this is a you know this is our first time you know doing this thing so you know we're really excited and hopefully we welcome all kinds of feedbacks and support you can also reach out to us on gmail at fourth official soccer podcast at gmail.com everything spelled out fourth official soccer podcast at gmail.com awesome well thank you so much uh i'll we'll see you next time bye-bye, bye-bye.